All right now, February 27, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 22 to chapter 22, verse 16. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you delight in us, Lord, and you rejoice over us, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for your love you have for us, Lord God, and you fill us with hope and anticipation. Thank you, Lord. We are all the way live. We believe and we rejoice and in laughter. Thank you for all the blessings that you all load us with. All the benefits you fill us with. We thank you for that. Amen. Amen. You must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. Otherwise, the land of which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. <coughs> Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving out before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. But I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. You must therefore make a distinction between ceremonially clean and unclean animals. And between clean and unclean birds, you must not defy yourself by eating any unclean animal or bird or creature that scurries along the ground. I have identified them as being unclean for you. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people be to be my very own. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning. They are guilty of a capital offense. The Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. A priest must not make himself ceremony unclean by touching the dead body of a relative. The only exceptions are his closest relatives, his mother or father, son or daughter or brother, or his virgin sister who depends on him because she has no husband. But a priest must not defile himself and make himself unclean for someone who is related to him only by marriage. The priest must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God and must never bring shame on the name of God. They must be holy for they are the ones who present the special gift for the Lord, gifts of food for their God. Priests may not marry a woman defiled by prostitution and they may not marry a woman who is divorced from her husband for the priests are set apart as holy to their God. You must treat them as holy because they offer up food to your God. You must consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy and I make you holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she also defiles her father's holiness and she must be burned to death. The high priest has the highest rank of all the priests. The anointing oil has been poured on his head and he has been ordained to wear the priestly garments. He must never leave his hair uncombed or tear his clothing. He must not defile himself by going near a dead body. He may not make himself ceremonial clean even for his father or mother. 
he must not defile the sanctuary of his God by leaving it to attend to a dead person, for he has been made holy by the anointing oil of his God. I am the Lord. The high priest may marry only a virgin. He may not marry a widow, a woman who is divorced, or a woman who has defiled herself by prostitution. She must be a virgin from his own clan, so that he will not dishonor his descendants among his clan. For I am the Lord who makes him, makes him holy. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to Aaron and all future generations. None of your descendants who has any defect will qualify to offer food to his God. No one who has a defect qualifies, whether he is blind, lame, disfigured, deformed, or has broken foot or arm, or is hunchback or dwarfed, or has a defective eye or skin sore or scabs or damaging testicles. No descendant of Aaron who has a defect may approach the altar to present special gift to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he may not approach the altar to offer food to his God. However, he may eat from the food offered to God, including the holy offerings and the most holy offerings. Yet because of his physical defect, he may not enter the room behind the inner curtain or approach the altar. For this would defile my holy places. I am the Lord who makes them holy. So Moses gave these instructions to Aaron and his sons and to all his and to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to be very careful with the sacred gift that the Israelites set apart for me, so they do not bring shame on my holy name. I am the Lord. Give them the following instructions. In all future generations, in any of your descendants is ceremony unclean when he approaches the sacred offerings that the people of Israel consecrate to the Lord, he must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremony unclean, he may not eat from the sacred offering until he has been pronounced clean. He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse or by hanging an emission or semen or having an emission or semen or by touching a small animal that is unclean or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man who is defiled in any of those ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offering until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings. For this is his food. He may not eat an animal that he had, that has died a natural death or has been torn apart by wild animals. For this will defile him. I am the Lord. The priests must follow my instructions carefully. Otherwise, they will be punished for their sins and will die for violating my instructions. I am the Lord who makes them holy. No one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offering. Even guests and hired workers in a priest's home are not allowed to eat them. However, if the priest buys a slave for himself, the slave may eat from the sacred offerings. And if his slaves have children, they also may share his food. 
If a priest's daughter marries someone outside his priestly family, she may no longer eat the sacred offerings. But if she becomes a widow or is divorced from and has no children to support her, and she returns to live in her father's home, as in her youth, she may eat her father's food again. Otherwise, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Any such person who eats a sacred offering without realizing it may, must pay priests uh, the priest for the amount eaten plus an additional 20%. The priest must not let the Israelites defile the sacred offering brought to the Lord. The following, By allowing unauthorized people to eat them, this would bring guilt upon them and require them to pay attention, for I am the Lord who makes them holy. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verses 1 to 29. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up to a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white far wider than any earthly leech could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down to the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but they often asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Then they asked him, Why do the, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming to first to get everything ready yet why do the scriptures say that the son of man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt but I tell you Elijah has already come and they chose to abuse him just as the scriptures prediction predicted when they returned to the other disciples they saw a large crowd surrounding him them and some teachers of religious law were arguing with him with them when the crowd saw Jesus they went overwhelmed they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him what is all the arguing about Jesus asked one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said teacher I brought my son to you so you could heal him he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk and whenever the spirit seizes him it throws him violently to the ground then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. 
So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring this boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of the onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this child and never to enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him up by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with the disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Amen. In Psalm chapter 43, 1-5, Declare me innocent, O God. Defend me against these ungodly people. Rescue me from these unjust liars. For you are God, my only safe haven. Why have you tossed me aside? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my heart. O oh God, my God, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Proverbs 10.18 says, Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Amen. That's it. That's all I got. Amen. Amen. Very good reading, babe. Let's see right here what it says on Mark 9.18. It says, uh, 9.18 says, and whenever the spirit seizes him and throws him violently to the ground, then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes so rigid as I asked the disciples to cast out the evil spirit that he could not. Peter, James, and John have seen a glorious vision of God's presence on the mountain with Jesus. Then they descended into a violent convulsion of evil. Did they? This evil must have seemed infinitely ugly by comparison. As we gain a greater and greater vision of God, we will also see evil more clearly for its hideous appearances. Has the sin you once struggled against become ugly and repulsive to you? 
Anyway, I think they're talking about the the, the kid being full of uh, evil spirits mm-hmm. and yelling and screeching and so forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he saw glorious things. The uh, And now the, the... But, you know, it's really... A, your faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I step up with you? Bring the boy to me. So, in other words, it's a piece of cake for you to cast him out. So they brought the boy to Jesus, when, and the evil spirit saw Jesus. They threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, ridding and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the father. Since he was a little boy, the spirit even threw him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers were growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes the boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of the child and never enter him again. Wow. So we need to say, I command you, evil spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of this person and never enter again. I command you, sickness and disease, to come out of the people's lives and never enter again. I command you, evil spirit, to come out of Yolanda's life and never enter again. Amen. I command you, evil spirit, to leave Chris and Kelly and never enter them again. I command you, spirit of sickness, to leave Eva and never to come back to her again. Amen. I command you, spirit of torment, to leave Randy and Michelle alone, especially Michelle, and not to enter them and come back in again. I claim they are holy for the Lord and they're set apart, sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. They're truly born again Christians filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. And Satan, you you are covered up with the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. Um, when they went to the Mount of Transfiguration, mm-hmm. um, it said that um, Elijah and Moses appeared and they started to talk to Jesus, but over here it says, um, he says in number 11 or so, he says, Then they asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. So, you know how we talk about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, I think? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, somewhere in the scripture, it says Elijah's going to come back to turn the hearts of the sons to their fathers. So that's, that's what John did. John turned, you know, set everything up. And then it says on 13, But I tell you, Elijah has already come. Okay? And they choose to abuse him just as the scripture predicted. You know, uh, I think that was fulfilled right here. You know, uh, that's what that's wrong with the, with the Jewish. They're always taking stuff from the Old Testament, extending it so far into the future. 
Here's another one. The kingdom of God has arrived in great power, and some of these will not die before they see. And what is great power? For Jesus Christ, the raised of the dead, that's mm-hmm. great power. Now, the kingdom of God has arrived, and they were alive, and they saw that. But right here, to me, is John already came, and John made a way, and he, and he baptized people, and they confessed their sins and restored fathers and sons if they had any any kind of uh, you know differences but okay so Elijah represents the prophets and Moses represents the God the, uh, the law one thing I don't know about that but you know just very plainly right here Jesus says that John is the, the Elijah to get, he got everything here. Why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer and greatly be treated with utter contempt? You know, he didn't answer that question, but he said Elijah has already come. And they chose to abuse him just as the scripture predicted. So this is not talking about end times right here. Very plain. It's interesting to say that the cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. It's interesting that uh, just a simple word picture telling them that Jesus is greater than Moses, greater than Elijah, and listen to Jesus. Why would the Father say, listen to him? Because these guys were still stuck on the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Pee-wee? Okay, what about the Old Testament? Anything in the Old Testament? I like it the way where it starts out. I am the Lord God. I am holy. I'm sending you to a land with flowing with yeah, milk and good. honey. Mm. Milk and honey. Mm. It's kind of like pretty good milk and honey. But I thought another place it said wine and milk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think milk and honey really goes good. I'll take some. But he wants them to be different, to be, to keep their identification by eating holy things because we're made in God's image. We're not to, to eat rats, eat, eat, eat uh, you know. He's got a format of, anoint, of eating. I like that. I like to eat the proper things. God says they're good. We don't like the other meat around here, white meat. <laughs> we like our red meat. Amen. You good? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, Heavenly Father God, for the reading of your word. You made it special for us, Lord. We give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name.